And then I finally said, you know what? My sleep is shit. Like I wear the loop. I got the information. When I see it in the morning and I'm yellow or red, I, I, I know what I did. Like a whole list of all the things that were just wasting my time. And then from there, it's just all the things that were negatively affecting my mood or my sleep. And then just getting rid of them, just going cold turkey and then making those changes. What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. Today's guest is Christian Alvina, a father first, everything else second. He pours his energy into becoming the best that he can possibly be while inspiring others to do the same. He is a USA PL New Jersey state champ in powerlifting and produces content to detail his training, lifestyle, and active pursuits to encourage and help other people on their own journeys. And not only does he actively pursue new feats on his own, as the training director for Jersey Strong, a chain of 11 health clubs throughout New Jersey, Christian shows up every day to serve other people on their path to health and longevity. I brought Christian on the show because I am approaching fatherhood and I want to learn from other men like him who are navigating the world of fatherhood, fitness, and career. And in this episode, he definitely gave me some insight onto how to start my journey on the right path. Please give it up for Christian Alvina. What is up, Thrive Fam? CJ Finley here again with another episode of the Thrive on Life podcast. I'm tuning in virtually here today for a specific reason. One of my buddies, Christian Alvina, is a dad, a husband, hybrid athlete, and with me getting close to opening up my world to being the dad portion, I wanted to bring him onto the show uh, and kind of learn a little bit more of how I'm going to be able to balance it all. There's a story that I want to tell to start off with that kind of represents what Christian is all about. And before I get into that, I just want to ask you, how are you doing here today, Christian? I'm doing great, man. That's my first time on a podcast, so definitely nervous. We've had those uh, technical difficulties trying to get on there, but ready to rip. Yeah, man, just treat it like sports. It's like you got that nervous butterfly energy. Once you get into it, though, you're just going to be in the zone. So just be as authentic and the most Christian you can be. And that's all that the world is asking for. And I'm looking forward to all the value that you're going to be able to provide here today. But first story I want to kick off into is uh, how we met. So anybody listening to this, Christian and I are affiliated with Roan, and they had asked us to run a 150-mile relay from Los Angeles to San Diego all within a day. And we had a sprinter van with Roan, and we had other teammates. Uh, and Christian showed up. And not only did he show up prepared to run this race, but he was actually nursing and rehabbing a knee injury. So it was inspiring just to get off the starting line uh, with him powering through his injury but once we finished this race, it was literally from like 3 a.m. one day till 11 p.m. the next day. And then we ate and then we probably got in bed around 12, 1 a.m. I had found out that you had actually booked an earlier flight. You pushed your flight up earlier so that you can get home to your son and your family. And I was really inspired and motivated by that because I was feeling like trash. Like it was a really long day. 
Um, and just the fact of thinking about getting on a flight super early in the morning, right after we have done that was just, that was an enormous feat thinking about it to me. But now that I'm preparing for my having a child and thinking like, okay, the, the faster I can get home, the more I can spend time with him. Uh, it relates, but I really wanted to dig into, was there a transition in your mind that happened prior to having a child to when you did that like kind of allows you to push to that next level? Honestly, I feel like the transformative uh, moment for me didn't come before being a father or even during the first year of being a father. It took time. Uh, you know, I, when you brought up that I booked that early flight, I, I don't even remember. I just remember waking up and saying, oh, wait, I have an opportunity to get back home to, uh, I think we had like a Halloween event at a uh, local mall. So I was like, well, shit, I, I can uh, book a flight, get my ass over there and and not miss that opportunity with my family. Uh, you know, when I first became a father, it was, so he was born November 11, 2019. And I spent that entire year going through a bucket list and it was, I don't think it was the healthiest way of going about it, but it's just kind of how I handled it. It was like, all right, well, these are the things I can do before I become a dad and life completely changes. And it scared me. And, uh, you know, when he was born, it, it definitely changed my life. It changed my perspectives, but I don't think I changed in the way I needed to be. Uh, I was still you know, drinking a lot. I'm still going out with my buddies. There were, I was still making decisions that put myself before my family. And it was, uh, it was an unhealthy thing for me. I think as crazy as it sounds, the best thing that could have happened to me was the pandemic because gym shut down. Um, I was at home for six months and it was, I had a lot of one-on-one time with my son and I will, as, as devastating as that was for the world, it was life-changing for me. So, Wow. That's, yeah, that's super relatable. I want to know what were some of the things on your bucket list? Um, no, I mean, I, I, I love golf and I, you know, I'll never change that. Uh, so it was playing like every different like golf course. Uh, I, I think I played 76. No, I know I played 76 rounds in 2019. So it was, I was gone every weekend, you know, and, and those are things that like, I was just thinking about myself. I wasn't thinking about Nicole and thinking about like her needs and her needing to have someone or, or thinking about the emotions that she's going through and the hormonal changes. Um, those are things that I'm cognizant of now, but at the time in 2019, it was just, all right, well, look, what do I need to do? Like I, you know, I was going out with my buddies. I, I had a, a dad's trip party. I went to, I flew to Austin, then flew to like your home is on my bucket list. Damn, I need to visit you. I love that. Uh, so no, I flew to Austin, was there for a night, then flew to Vegas, and then we were gonna fly to Chicago, but then we mixed that and stayed in Vegas, and then flew back, and it was just a whole bunch of things that like you know I said I needed to do. And I think that was just, you know, my mindset at the time, it was just being, I guess, more selfish and then and really catering to the vices that I thought were important to me. Yeah, there's, 
thank you so much for your your honesty. Wow, like you're you're killing it on your first podcast already just by <laughs> being vulnerable and opening up about that because not everybody would be willing to do that, and people are going to learn the most because that's just human nature. Like I'm I'm constantly questioning balancing there's stuff that I do need to do. I think you you mentioned like the needs of yourself. And I think a lot of people in parenthood, from what I've seen, actually lose their own needs. And there's a saying like, be selfish to be selfless. So I don't think it's an innate problem that you were selfish in some ways. But I think like pun intended with the golf, like you can take too many swings on one side or the other. So it's like, did you need to do 76 rounds or could you have done 20 and still like fulfilled your need um the time has passed we don't know that um you can only live and learn from what you have gone through and i really respect the fact that you were able to bounce back and learn from those experiences to shift your mindset was there any books or podcasts or things that you did to shift your mindset or was it something that you just woke up one day and we're like, holy crap, like I was being selfish and I need to change my ways. Like, was there any tipping points or things that helped you along the way? No, I, I know that, uh, you know, my, my wife would be comfortable enough with me talking about, like, you know, some of the struggles that we had with our relationship. You know, when you become a parent, it is now you're putting that person ahead of yourself, right? And you need to, it's not, it's not a choice. Like, I mean, it's, we need to do it. Like, and I think we lost touch with who we were as partners. Uh, and, and then I, I don't know. I, I, I honestly, like I, I, it was the struggle that we had with each other and the struggle that we had communicating with each other, uh, you know, where it would just turn into one of us breaking down, one of us shedding tears, one of us, you know, getting a bit too loud and, and not really, it was just a pent up frustration. And I think that, you know, once we realized that like, Hey, you know, we need to come to the table, we need to talk. Uh, that's, what's going to make us better partners. And that's, what's going to make us better parents. And, you know, when I, like I took some notes and just kind of went through a timeline of, you know, what I went through during that time. And I, I feel like, in, in taking the notes and I didn't write it down. It, it was probably like 2021 at this point, my son is a year and a half, two years old. And that's when I realized that I started communicating with my wife a bit more, you know, just checking with her as simple as, Hey, you know, this is what I'm planning to do. What are your thoughts? And, you know, Hey, what, what are your plans or asking her, Hey, what do you need to get done this week? You know, and it was, more long-term in 2021, but now it's like, you know, every week we're like, all right, what's our, what's our weekly plan? Uh, what are our long-term plans? You know, can we do this? Can I fix this in my schedule? So still getting, having the opportunity to take care of myself um, and, and my needs and, you know, what I want to do like physically and, you know, that, but also being mindful of her time and what she needs to do. So, so simple in theory, but not easy to do. And yeah practice week in and week out it is work and i think people especially those that are single right now like relationships the thriving ones are that way because of the work that you put in they don't you don't just like it's not like a puzzle piece that just fits and it stays glued together forever it's something that you're constantly wiggling and figuring out how to put the work in to continue to have that relationship uh, as new variables like children enter it and 
what you're talking about hits home with me because when I first got to Austin, like the place that was on your bucket list, um, I thought I had to be this person that was like striving to be the next big entrepreneur, uh, social media, connecting people, building communities. And what I thought the cost of that was, what I needed to do was just be out and about every single night, every single weekend, spending time building the different communities and brands that I was affiliated with. And I wasn't thinking about my relationship and like what Aaron actually wanted and what our goals were. It was just my goals and then her goals. And I thought that by me focusing on myself and putting all this energy into my goals, eventually that would lead to us having a better relationship because I could do things for her um, that I wouldn't have been able to do before. But what I ended up realizing, and this is because she addressed it uh, through various methods um, and arguments and, and conversations. And um, you mentioned like getting a little bit loud and things like that. It happens to the best of us. And uh, one thing that I vividly remember is just having a conversation over like she didn't need anything from me other than inclusion and time. Um, and you mentioned like involving her in that conversation of, hey, this is what I'm thinking. What do you think? I think as men like we're just not conditioned to act in that way because we want to hunt. Like we want to be the person that's like, here's where we're going. We're taking the whole tribe here, but that's just not reality of how to have a really strong relationship. You need to be inclusive in the conversations you're having of like, what are the goals of the entire family? Um, and how do I support that? But then also what you had mentioned is like fulfill those needs. Um, I'd love to kick this into a, a different gear here because you're such um, not only an inspiration in, in that realm, but like with your fitness, like, dude, you're fucking strong and you can <laughs> run. And the people that I look up to fit both of those molds and not, I think there's a lot of vanity out there right now with the different programs you could be following and the different things you could be doing, especially in the hybrid fitness realm. But not many people do I see that are as strong as you and then also out there potentially running half marathons, marathons, signing up for high roxes. So give myself and the audience a little bit of the backstory of how did you build up those strength and get so involved with hybrid fitness? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it was just a natural evolution for me. Uh, you know, I was an athlete growing up, but before I became an athlete, I was a chubby, bullied kid. And as a result, I think that, that gave me a bit of a chip on my shoulder. I remember when I first stepped into the gym, it was our seventh grade and I immediately squatted 225. And for me, that was, you know, I remember watching World's Strongest Men and um, in my backyard, I would stack up chairs and like lift it and like, you know, see how many chairs I could stack up. So that was kind of the, that foundation for me. Uh, but then I found that yeah, strength training would help me become a better athlete. And, uh, you know, as that evolved, you know, after I played football in high school, you know, briefly in college, I kind of walked my way, weighed as heavy as 240 to 250 pounds. And then I got back into the fitness world by, you know, becoming a personal trainer. And uh, went down there. Yeah, I mean, you talked about vanity. I went down the road of, uh, was it like bodybuilding and i did you know men's physique competition i placed in third in national competition one way uh, one spot away from my pill card 
And then from there, it was like, all right, what's the next competition? Like, that's how I'm wired. I need a competition or how I was wired. Like, I was uh, very much a lone wolf, trained by myself. And I've had that chip on my shoulder. I think that's from, you know, being that, being that kid, being that person who's bullied. It was, let me prove myself to everybody else. Let me show them that I can do, th- do things naturally and I can be better than anybody else. Uh, you know, went into the world of powerlifting and, you know, my goal was to break the state deadlift record. Did that, was the state champion in 2018. And then, yeah, then I was done with it. It was like, all right, there's no goal. And then come 2019, it was, you know, going through emotions, playing golf. My son was born and I really didn't know what to do with myself. And I was, I was still very outwardly uh, healthy, but inwardly, I mean, you know, 2021 was when I had my, my physical and they said I had high cholesterol and I was pre-diabetic. I mean, you, you'd look at me and you wouldn't think that, but you know, that's the cocktail that I was given by my family and my genetics and whatnot. And, you know, finally I said, you know, I've been avoiding running because it's hard. Like I can't run a nine and a half minute mile, like without gasping for air. I can't. And finally I said, all right, I need to start doing hard things. And I just said, fuck it. So that's, uh, and then eventually, you know, I, mean, I was, I was dabbling in things and, you know, like a duathlon, triathlon, sprint once you're running maybe two miles at a clip and I can run at that, you know, and have uh, 185 beats per minute. And then you'd be gasping for air at the end. But then when we were invited to that run thing, it was like, oh, I need to actually run. And, and that was, uh, that I, I say to this day, like, you know, that, it's not online. I think it's Jesse. It's where he talks about Misogi and having that. Um, that was a very transformative moment for me. Like being around like some amazing athletes like yourself and the rest of the crew. I mean, you guys are just killing it and just moving like gazelles. And I, I said to myself, I was like, that's the next step. That's what I want to do. And I, and yeah, it just changed my perspective on things. Yeah, what, so much relatability uh in your story there especially like with the competitiveness of like jumping from thing that thing and and wanting to be competitive at whatever you're doing it's definitely a trait i've been attracted to and surround i want to surround myself with that but it can be something that is also an issue like you were describing where it's just like it's this never-ending prophecy that you can just never be happy with what you have in front of you and i'd like to dissect a little bit of you said something there. You were the deadlifting champ. Like, what? Describe what that even is. So, um, yeah, no. So there's like state records for the USAPL, and um, I randomly, you know, posted a deadlift video at the gym, and one of my uh, trainers uh, was like, "Hey, boss, why don't you uh, join a competition?" So I looked into it, and I was, I said to myself, I was like, "All right, I'm going to break the state deadlift record." So, you know, it took me about a year. And change and I pulled 623 uh broke the uh state record at the time I think it's been broken a couple times is this by weight uh, class yeah so I weighed 180 for that yeah Jesus and what was your protocol to work up to that were you like did you have a coach you have programming or were you just no, like I mean, I'm just gonna go like in said, and do I this at, at lone wolf right you know I I love programming for myself I have my background yeah I'm not the FCS I have my background is in uh you know training athletes you know I was over at Rutgers and strength and conditioning so 
you know, being able to create that program. Like I love the science of, of building my programs and, and kind of seeing how like I can transform myself. So, uh, yeah, I piece some things together, saw what sticks for me. I don't do many traditional accessories with powerlifting. Like I, I still love training like an athlete. I love my power cleans. I love doing plyometrics. So a lot of my accessories were, were movements like that. Like it was a program that was built on, on speed and, and moving heavy weights with speed. And, uh, and that's what got me to it. So where has the competitive mindset and the want to excel at everything that you're doing with that chip on your shoulder, where's that hurt in your life? Where's that caused problems and issues? Uh, you know, I think it was uh, toxic in the sense that I shut off others from, you know, like it was my success and no one else's, you know, I didn't share that experience with others. Um, you know, when you look at the powerlifting community, you see a lot of people who are part of teams and even going back to, you know, bodybuilding, like a lot of people have their coaches and, you know, they, they had their teams and they, they shared that self, they celebrated with their team. You know, for me, I wasn't something I, I celebrated by myself and, you know, maybe, maybe a few close to others, but I looked at it as just my accomplishment and no one else's. And I think that, again, like I go back to that Roan uh, event and no shortcuts, like that was transformative for me because it was everything that I did or didn't do affected the team. And it went back to, you know, team sports. And it, then I realized like it's been, you know, 15, 20 years since I've been, or yeah, 15 years since I've been part of a team sport and, you know, that shared success. And I, I, I was so far away from that. And going through that North, no shortcuts event got me back to that and then be wanting to be part of the team and then, and, uh, you know, sharing success with others. Yeah, I was on a podcast yesterday and the sharing of success and communication and some of the things that we're talking about here today apply to like longevity. So you mentioned some of the health issues that might arise in your future because of predisposition through your mm -hmm. genetics. And one of the things for males we were discussing on the podcast was males die sooner than women. And we were diving into why that is. And one of the major reasons is because men are so solo when they get into old age, they lose their community and they lose their camaraderie and their ability to like have the locker room. And I think it's starting at an earlier and earlier age, unfortunately, like I can remember my dad when he like, well, before my brother and I were born was like in bowling leagues and there was a lot of socialization. There was no internet. So you sought out to be in communities and with the the rise of the internet and social media it's easier and easier to kind of just like solo off and then not only that you're incentivized to like post your win up on social media but you can have this empty feeling because there is no one there to celebrate with and i love that it was transformative for you because it was validating for me and i had already like kind of known that like just being in austin if you live here it's very community driven and like yeah, yeah goal-driven as a team. Um, that's one of the reasons that drew me here and, and keeps me here. Um, and when I went to the No Shortcuts event, it was awesome to see people like myself who like don't run, push themselves. So like, even when we were there, like I did really well. I had people on social media and a couple of buddies of mine, um, Ryan 
Callan, shout out to you. Like he was like, dude, your times are really good. And in my head, I'm just like, well, it's like seven minute miles. not that great. Right. But it was a reminder of, holy shit, like two years ago, I couldn't even run a mile at this. And now we're like out here all day, lack of nutrition because we're just eating grocery store pick-me-ups and and <laughs> stuff like that. Um, and I'm also spending energy meeting people. Like I think that goes without being said. That that goes um, into something that wasn't isn't really talked about or, or thought about when you're in those events. Is like not only are you spending the time energy running, but like you're with new people and you're spending energy um, on them with them with yourself. And to be able to do that the 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 feeling that it gave me was just like again seeing you power through like knowing that you're this dude that's pulling almost 700 pounds but then you're out there running miles through like the california hills and then seeing cam who's like not necessarily a runner um do it as well and then we feed off each other's energy it was just validation for me like holy shit this is a path that i need to go down um and that's why i'm excited because i just saw that you were training for Hyrox and Hyrox has been a huge, huge piece of my life the past couple of years where I've really just attached my goals in that arena to other people's goals, like doing doubles and then helping other people learn and like hit podiums and things like that. Uh, Cause we get to have these experiences when you go to the Hyrox, you'll see it's just like this large, like it's almost like a concert uh, for people that love to do the stuff that we do. And the reason I'm bringing Hyrox up now is now that you have shifted into this new mindset a little bit and are adapting your goals and spending a little bit more time on being aware, what are the future goals for you? So you've you've clearly done a little bit of a lot and been very successful at it. But now that you're kind of recalculating how to shoot your bow, like where are the arrows intended to be going? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, high rocks is in the horizon. Um, I want to kind of gauge my experience there. Uh, I think I, I talked to Cam the other day and I said to him after a high rocks workout, I put myself in, I'm like, why are we doing this dude? And, <laughs> and, and he goes, I don't know. You asked me. And I, and I said to him, well, I didn't expect you to say yes. Yeah. Kidding. Um, so I I mean it, it's exciting and being part of the community and then being around uh, you know I did a four the four by four by forty eight with a bunch of people and that was wild and again in in the group setting there were twelve of us that did that and a lot of them are participating in the high rocks events and just picking their brains and and, and getting an understanding of like what they've been through and the type of training they go they go through that that definitely excites me so maybe there's a path there that I'll continue to go down uh but in the near future like yeah i got my first marathon plan for october uh the ac marathon and then i also want to do a ultra marathon you know one of my buddies alan like we re reconnected so uh, you know me and him we we didn't see eye to eye when we worked together and then uh all of a sudden we reconnected he's the owner for Hollow labs and you know we uh reconnected just going through like some supplementation and all that and then all of a sudden i was running 21 miles in the mountains with him and did a snowshoe race with him uh so he's planning on running the new jersey section of the appalachian trail i think it's 76 miles so i'm going to do a portion of that with him uh whatever he needs me to do uh and then eventually i'll, I'll get myself to that point but those are some things that are in my sight 
Heck yeah. I signed up for my first ultra recently. Oh, nice. Where at? 50K Lake Norman. Uh, my brother lit and his wife live in, in North Carolina, right outside Charlotte. And uh, I had a guy on my podcast, my buddy Jeff. Um, I asked him what his first ultra was, and he said Lake Norman. And I was like, holy shit, like Lake Norman, North Carolina. He's like, yeah. I'm like, damn, I guess, I guess this is the one that I got to sign up for because my brother lives right there. So I'll have access to like sauna and ice uh, a couple days prior to that getting adjusted. And then right after the race, I'll be able to do that as well and like have them cheering me on there. So I'm very excited um, about that. And something that I get asked by people and I'd love to ask you is like, how do you balance it all? So you, you're clearly continuing to put a lot of energy into your training uh, and now that you kind of have this new lens to look at through your relation for your relationship with your wife and and your son, is there any tools and tactics that you're using for balance, or is it more just a gut thing? No, I mean you you touched on the like sauna and ice, and when I I, I remember seeing like you and Cam do the ice bath, and then I traveled down that road, and I I, I hate the cold, and it was something I I did because. I know I got injured because I spent too much time running on the treadmill. So, you know, went down that road and then realized all the benefits of it. And then it got me down the road of just searching for different avenues of improving my longevity. So then it was me starting a journal and just writing down the time wasters and the toxic things that I had in my life. So I cut out drinking. I think I've had two drinks since Christmas. That's amazing. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. I remember you uh, posting about, uh, it was like a ginger base thing that you, you posted about. I remember seeing that and I was like, oh, let me, maybe I can do that. I saw a couple people drinking like athletic brewing. And then I finally said, you know what? My sleep is shit. Like I wear the loop. I got the information. When I see it in the morning and I'm yellow or red, I, I, I know what I did. Like a whole list of all the things that were just wasting my time. And then from there, it's just all the things that were negatively affecting my mood or my sleep and then just getting rid of them just going cold turkey and then making those changes now what are my daily steps when i wake up what's my protocol so it's wake up cold plunge shower cold shower then attack the day and everything is like mapped out i go through four week blocks and so i know everything i need to do whether it's with with my family with Nuko, the things i need to do on a daily basis with watching them or picking them up or anything like that and then from there, I'm filling in the block. And then my training is all planned around there. So everything's pre-planned. Nothing is not blindsided by anything. And if I'm scheduling a meeting or a call, I'm not sliding any of those things around. This is what I need to do and get done. And that's how I fit everything in. Yeah. Heck yeah. Have you ever heard the uh, or watched the video of the guy putting uh, rocks and sand in a jar? Like where they fill the big rocks first and then they put it in with pebbles. Oh and no, yeah, yeah, I've heard you heard it, yeah. Yeah. So it's cool because you're na you're you're just like naturally doing that where you're talking about like you're blocking off and, and making sure that your pillars get hit first and then filling in uh around that. I think going into fatherhood, that's gonna be my biggest struggle, uh, because my pillars are gonna change. It's my pillars have always been, okay, like my fitness comes first. So I'm going to kind of adjust and adapt my day around when am I running and training? And it's going to be a little bit different. I've literally already started practicing this. Like I don't like running on the treadmill, um, but I've been practicing like watching YouTube videos on the treadmill while I'm running because when he's first born, 
his bed, his like his bedroom and his environment, I'm going to need to be around. I can't like go and run for an hour and a half if he's like here by himself, but I can then I can run in my garage. Right. So like training myself to kind of make the pillar, I need to be with him. But then how do I also kind of navigate? I still need to train because that makes me the best me. So I'm like finding ways to, to trick myself into enjoying the treadmill and, and doing other little things. Um, what is, what does Christian do for fun? Like these days, what's, what are some of your hobbies that maybe other people don't know about or things that, uh, you invest some time and energy into outside of being a fucking stud athlete? Um, I mean, my training is fun, <laughs> but, uh, outside of there, I mean, oh, uh, that's, that's really still my thing. I mean, you know, you talk, we talked about me playing 76 rounds last year. I was, I think I had maybe 20 rounds, but that, like you said, that fulfilled that need and that, uh, I, I, I was, what's that? Why do you love golf? Why do I love golf? Because it's hard. Uh, again, it's you know maybe having that individualistic approach and me just wanting to uh, like I, I I program my I have my kettlebell and rotational day core rotation day and that's specific for my golf swing and just building speed. Like that's that's how yeah fucked up in the head I am. Uh, you know, and I, I didn't pick that up until after college. I'm down to like a three handicap, uh, so I I know it's. I continue to chase that. Um, and, and I know maybe it's just not the norm. You see someone like me or built like me. It's like, oh, there's no way he, he's good at golf. And, you know, I, I love it. It'll never be easy, but I'll continue to break down my swing and, and break down, you know, portions of, of my game and, and try to work at it. How do you decide to pick things up and put them down? Because you've tried a bunch of different things. So one of the things I've struggled with over the years is when I get really good at things, I tend to like stay doing them. So like with soccer, I got really good at it and I stayed doing it, I think far too long because I attached my identity to that thing. But how does Christian know when to, okay, I've done this a lot. I've gotten good at it. I've kind of mastered it. I want to drop it and move on to something else. I think I still struggle with that. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard for me to get rid of or stop doing certain things and you know, stop doing the, the powerlifting thing. Uh, part of my mind like last year i think i was maybe not focused enough uh you know i did a duathlon then a powerlifting meet and they did another uh, duathlon within a six week period uh just to see how i could do it but it you know i i don't know i i did i'm probably the worst person there to ask that i i think i just naturally <laughs> it means you're the best person to ask it I, know, st I still struggle with it to, 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 yeah, it's it, a continued struggle. Like I, I, I think setting those goals and, uh, setting it for a, a year at a time that, that, that's kind of how I work. Like I, I like doing like my birthday is on December 22nd, so right on my birthday, it's just natural for me to just kind of reassess things, kind of see what my plans are for the year and what my goals are and, and what holds value to me. Uh, you know, there was, I, I thought maybe last year that I'd go down the road of powerlifting again, but. I, it just wasn't as I was exposed to running and exposed to those communities and then, you know, getting into like high rocks and training for that. Like it's, it's opened my eyes to be the harder part of fitness. You know, I, I think like lifting weights has always come easy to me. And, uh, you know, I think I've seen a post where you just say, 
to like choose to do the do the hard, choose to do hard things. And I've done I spent way too much of my time choosing to do the things that are easy to me. And uh I'm done with that. And and, and if I yeah, if I come in last place during any of these events, it is what it is. Like I, my mindset has shifted. Man. I I my first high rocks I ran solo, I did an hour and like forty-four minutes, um, which is wild. And then I improved that time over and over and over again. And it made me realize like I enjoyed if I think back, yes, it sucked. And at, at the moment I was like, I'm never doing this again. But it transformed my mind because I realized, well, I enjoy this way more than being able to Brent like I'm really good at the bench press for my size. Like it's cool that I can rep out a hundred over my weight on the bench, but like what's cooler is getting my ass kicked and then figuring out, okay, how can I improve upon that? I'm more ad addicted to that feeling. Um, and when I look back on my life, I'm like, how many times did I not give myself the opportunity to have this feeling because I just stuck to what was comfortable because I was, when you're a natural athlete like yourself, like you're just, and you have that grit and that chip on your shoulder. I had the same thing, except I was like diminutive. I was very small. So I had to fight for every inch. Like if you ever seen the Al Pacino, uh, in, uh, Frick, what is that football movie? Um, Al Pacino is the coach, but he talks about like you have oh, to fight oh, and die. Yeah, you have to fight and die for every inch. Yeah. That was my life like growing up. Um, and it put a chip on my shoulder where it was like, as soon as I got really great at things, um, I just relied heavily on them and I could pick things up and, and do fairly well at them. But then as I got older, I started realizing like there's some things out there that I'm not going to be that great at when I first start. Like podcasting is is one of them or, or video recording or high rocks. There's certain things that I would come into it thinking I'm going to be great. And then I just absolutely get my ass kicked. And that's where the learning lessons really are. And I'd love to parlay this into, okay, so now that you know this and we know that these are where the lessons are and I'm about to have Aiden, my son, one of the things that I've thought about is like, what could I expose him to where yet yeah, I know that I'm going to tell him all these things, but like, most of the time it's going to go in one ear out the other that's just human nature um because i'm the dad figure but what can i expose him to so that he learns principles and stories and lessons through the things that he was exposed to so for your own son have you thought about this like w what are you planning to kind of introduce him to over the next couple years um because you've had such, such a variety of experience what have you pulled from that to then invest into him you know, I, I think I've, uh, I don't think it was purposefully, but I've uh, exposed them to, you know, the, our, our lifestyle, you know, naturally with the pandemic and, and me being at home, like I was, I built a golf simulator in my basement and I was just hitting golf balls all the time into a screen. Like I would literally like during when he would feed, I'd set up his table put the food there and he would watch me hit golf ball. Uh, there's a video of him like in his little like bouncing thing and he would he would be like two feet away from me and I, I would hit a golf ball and he would just giggle. And uh, when he was 11 months he, and standing, he had a golf club in his hand and he was hitting golf balls. Uh, so he was just naturally just exposed to that. And then just, you know, with our workouts, like you, you're, you're set. You got, you got your, your uh, garage gym and you had that entire setup and, uh, you know, your, your child is going to, uh, see that and be exposed to that. And you said your best yourself, like, you know, 
going to go in one ear and out the other. But those those actions, they they leave an imprint, and uh, you don't even realize it. Like I, I I talk about like making those choices and those change into habits and behaviors, and then you know, your your children mirror that. And uh, you know I the, the perfect example was the other day. I'm down there. I'm uh, I'm deadlifting. Nicole's on the peloton, and then Nico like runs upstairs. And he goes runs upstairs, and then he grabs his little like basketball, and then he lays on the ground, and he starts throwing the ball up in the air. And then she looks at me, and I and I say, I was like, oh my god, because the day prior, I was prepping for my bench work, and I always do. Uh, I lay down on on the ground, and I do uh, explosive uh, med ball tossing. And he just mimicked that. And uh, two weeks before that, like we were standing downstairs, and all of a sudden he just he just hits a burpee. So like I called Nicole, I'm like, I'm like, did you teach him how to do to do a burpee? She's like, no, I taught him how to do a snatch, but I didn't teach him how to do a burpee. I was like, oh my god, like you, you learned how to do a burpee watching us. So you know, I see that like all the time. Like you know, he had that dumbbell snatch, and you know, like some random exercises that he just does. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anything specific like i'm just we're just gonna keep doing what we're doing like we'll have him like we're gonna have him participate in like a whole bunch of sports and you know whatever sticks sticks like we try the soccer thing uh we right now he's in uh swim school like so he's wearing his goggles like in the bathtub and like he's jumping oh yeah it's, it's so awesome but just seeing him experience that like i i he was very good at golf like from from the get-go if um Watch Nico golf on Instagram. You can check it out. Like his golf swing is great, but uh, but then he just was more interested in dinosaurs and monster trucks. So you know, like I'm I'm not going to be that type of person uh, who's going to say you have to do this, you know, because I like it. But you know, these are the things you're doing. We're exposing him to like you know health and wellness, and then and a whole bunch of different sports and whatever it sticks. Hopefully, it's something that'll help me retire from stuff. I, I yeah I I love that you're you're doing that. Me and my wife joke. Uh, her her dad was really good at soccer, and I was really good at soccer. We're like, oh, we might have like a little Olympian, World Cup, uh, athlete on our hands. But I don't even. It's I asked you that question because it's like I don't even know if I'm going to introduce him to soccer. Like because yeah, it was just so much a part of my life, and I just feel like now that I'm running and and doing some other hybrid type of stuff like late weightlifting wasn't introduced my life into until i was in the teenage years it's just like man there's so many paths that we could expose him to um i love how you're just like doing just doing whatever is natural and i think that's i'm going to take that advice with me after this podcast is not really overthink it just do what comes natural and let the world kind of dictate that um a little bit based on where we're at in in any given year and uh what we are enjoying and that's where I don't think this gets talked about enough because especially what I've been hearing is just like, Oh, are, are you ready? Are you, are you ready to not to sleep or like just all the like things that people throw on you? But no one asked me about like, what are you going to be most joyous about and all the joy that comes with it and the bliss. And I'd love to ask you that, like what unexpected joy and bliss has having a child brought into your life that you weren't necessarily expecting uh, prior. I think that I am a, a better person all around. I mean, I, like I, it almost sounds cliche, but it took 
you know, the, the two years, the three years, she's three and a half now for me to realize that like everything I do is, is on stage. You know, he is taking every action and he is watching it and he's processing it and he's going to mimic and mirror some of them. And, uh, yeah, for me, I realized that I needed to become the man I want my son to be. Right. I was so far away from that. And, you know, every day I'm just looking to take steps towards being that person I want my son to become. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's just how I've approached it. And, uh, that, you know, just seeing him grow up and seeing him, you know, the back talk and just how witty he is and like having these conversations and, and just how he has just, just his memory and how he doesn't like forget a damn thing. It, it's insane. And I, I, I just love every bit of it. It's just, it. I mean, we went, he's been pestering me about like a monster gym truck for like a week and a half. Cause I told him I ordered on Amazon. I was like, Oh, can we check? Is the mailman here yet? I'm like, Oh God. I'm like, I guess I lied to him. So we went to target yesterday. So, I, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, yo, he got I, you. I really, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm so soft. It's, it's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that's, one of the things that my mom talks about is like, she couldn't pull a fast one on me. Like you'll re- like, cause she'll talk about, you'll start realizing like you, you think as a parent, like, you know what you're doing. And then they know the kids know, even when they're really young, like you, you can't really pull anything on them. Um, so that, that brings a smile to my face because <laughs> some of the things I talk about with Aaron is just like, man, if he's half of what I am, man, I'm in for it because yep. just like all the karma is going to come back, um, in a good way. We, we do that all the time. Like if, if Nico does something and we'll look, I'm like, you know, that's you. And then she'll point around, wait, no, that's you. And we're just, it's just shaking our head and like, you know, we have to address it, but then it's kind of like laugh at things. Yeah. You start realizing like then the relationship I had with my parents, like when I would get in trouble, when I was growing up, a lot of the times, like behind closed doors, they were just laughing about it, but they had to, they had to do something to teach me the principle and the, and the learning lesson in that moment. But the reality is when you're, when you're in our shoes now, it's really just like, Oh shit, I created that. How do I go about maybe like mitigating this so that it doesn't, yeah keep happening uh in the future and maybe not get passed down to to further generations but we're getting close to wrapping up here i'd love uh for you to kind of give you an opportunity to just talk about a little bit about what you do we haven't touched on that at all today and like what you do um for your career what what your what your aspirations are what your like long-term goals are and then that way anybody that's kind of in the same field or is interested in the stuff that you're interested in and working towards maybe you can collaborate connect that's what we're always looking to do here at Thrive. Yeah. Uh, so I'm the director of training for uh, uh, Jersey Strong. It's a chain of health clubs, uh, 11 clubs throughout New Jersey. Um, been, you know, basically just run the day-to-day operations and sales with personal training. Um, yeah, I started there 12 years ago. And I started as a trainer and just kind of ascended through the ranks. And uh yeah, I mean, we touch upon like who I am as a person, and kind of like what you know. I, as far as my aspirations, like you know, I uh, yeah, looking at the social media world, like as we're using it as a platform. I, yeah, I, I at first it was a platform in which I could share my accomplishments, but now I just use it as a platform to share just what I do, and and hopefully can help people along the way. You know, I I think on the you know 
the thing that I sent you. I, I just want to use that as a platform where I can help you know, other moms and dads help shape, you know, future moms and dads, you know, just kind of exposing the health and wellness and like, you know, and whether you take the takeaway that you can take with your training or with running or with, you know, just your overall well-being. I, I, I just want to, you know, just share everything I can out there, help some people along the way, just, you know, no cost to them. It's just, here's the info, take with it what you can and uh, just hopefully be a better person. That's it. I love that. So what dial a little bit into just, I'm curious what, uh, what is Jersey strong? Like what, what, when did it start and, and what's the mission of the company? Yeah. I mean, we, uh, started in, in it's 12 years. That's a while, man. You, yeah, I've been, yeah, I've been with them. Yeah. I mean, we're, I think 2000 or earlier than that was like the first gym and like, and falls and whatnot um but i honestly like i was on the fence with what i wanted to do with my life i know that i was like gaining weight you know i was uh doing like some random jobs and whatnot and i weighed about like again like 230 240 and then i my brother told me about the gym that he went to and he was like hey they're looking for trainers and i i thought i was going to go down the road of like getting back to school and like getting into physical therapy but then you know when i went down that road, you know, I was able to, uh, you know, affect lives and change people's lives, go through the training and like, uh, and, and it was very weird for me at first, you know, training individuals who were high level athletes and, um, you know, division one level athletes. And then going into a world where you got people who are just completely sedentary, uh, but then seeing the transformations and then building the relationships, uh, it was amazing to me. Uh, you know, I haven't trained anybody in about like six, seven years now, but, uh, you know, continuing to bring on board those individuals, uh, you know, at my clubs who are, you know, fitness minded, who want to, who've gone through their own transformations, who want to share their experiences and continue, want to continue to educate themselves and, and help others. Um, uh, you know, I think our, our motto is, uh, you know, live life in a body you love, you know, that, uh, you get yeah, one body and, and you just, we want to do what we can in order to help you live life in a body you love. Live life in a body you love. I love how simple that is. And it hits home with me. It's like a lot of my life, my transition into where I'm at in Austin and, and building Thrive on Life, I didn't love my body. I felt sick a lot and I drank a lot because of that to numb some of the pain. And I just didn't like who I was becoming. And really that question of how do I work towards building a body that I love to be in each and every day and that'll allow me to show up as the person that I'm meant to become and like is just going to have a much greater positive ripple effect. So I love that that's the slogan because I think too many people don't appreciate uh, the industry, personal training industry and the gym industry enough for the impact that it can have on people. Yes, we put a lot of uh, emphasis on like if someone's like, oh, I work at Apple or I work at Inprint like corporation, um, it seems like people just give immediately a higher regard for that person. But the reality is that the backbone of this world is the service industry and people that are helping other people become better human beings and, and loving who they are. Because if that person loves who they are and showing up in that body as somebody that they love to show up as, they're going to spread positive energy. And that is how our world is going to become a better place. So I, I think we'll end there. Uh, we'll get towards the, the last couple of questions that we always ask everybody. Um, 
First one is how can people connect with Christian? If they loved what you hear, heard here today, uh, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Uh, you can connect with me on my Instagram page at Training, or uh, you know, shoot me an email, training at gmail.com. Uh, those are the simplest ways to connect. And, you know, obviously, you know, if there's a, you know, if there's further need to communicate from there, uh, my, my lines are open. So, Awesome. Uh, last question that I always ask everyone is, if you were to define the word thriving, what does it mean to you? Define the word thriving. Uh, no pressure. Just whatever comes yeah, to mind. Yeah. No, I think it's just being, uh, yeah. just being successful. And and whatever that level of success to you is, uh, you know, and then whatever that that measuring stick, it's you know, it's attaining what you you set out to. You know, that that that's what thriving is. If you're not, um, but if you're going through life and you're setting goals and then you know, missing the target and just setting another goal and going through and being real cyclical about that, then then you're not thriving. So yeah, just setting those goals, crushing them and continuing to do that and just continue to thrive and, and crush it. Heck yeah. That's what we're going to keep doing. I'm looking forward to seeing you in June at the high rocks, um, and seeing y'all, you and cam crush it. Uh, if you need any tips on that, let me know at the end of every episode, I give my, uh, feedback on what my biggest takeaway was. And because of the point of life that I'm in, I think the word, um, inclusion in conversation and like with my wife and my future child, I think that really hit home with me when you're talking about involving her in the conversation. And I think I need to do, I, I think I do a good job of that, but I need to reflect on how I do it more frequently. So week over a week of being inclusive of this is what my week looks like. How can I help you? Uh, how can I help our son and, and set y'all up for success? Meanwhile, still continuing to feed my own flame and, and do the things that I need to do to be the best of me. So that hit home a lot. And if anybody else out there listening, if this conversation hit home with you, please share it with somebody that you think it could also help. Let's get Christian's story out there. I know his words can help some other people, especially some future fathers or father figures that are already learning how to adapt their relationship with their wife and their son or their daughter. Uh, and continuing to train hard and aspire to do great things in this world. Last but not least, please give us that five-star rating and review. It helps us get out to more ears and helps us make the world a better place. This is CJ with the Thrive On Life podcast. Thrive on, y'all. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive On Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive On Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.